Radio Richard. Jenny Han, I'm so glad that you came on here because Radio Richard has been full of requests for, hey, talk to her. Let's hear her side of the story after my incredible interviews with Alan. First of all, I'd like to hear how you met the guys and how, how you joined the band. That would be a kind of interesting thing for all of our young people who are trying to join incredible world beating rock bands. Um, I graduated from high school in California. Yeah. And um, I graduated early, about six months early, because I was a bit of a swatty. So yes. um, <laughs> they, they, I had a bit of fun traveling up and down California coast and enjoying life as an 18 year old. And I started living in Berkeley. Parents said, I was wanting to be in a rock band. They were trying to get me to um, go to college at that particular time. Yes. And they, um, I, I was going to do fine art restoration. That's what I wanted to nice. do. Nice. Uh, yeah, I really loved art. And um, I got the grades and the whole thing, but um, they offered me a six month, you know, uh, thing in, in England because my family are there or my mother's family side are there. Uh-huh. So I said, yeah, that sounds great. And I thought, oh, goody, goody, that's going to give me a chance to get into a rock and roll band because I've always thought to myself to go back to my roots. You know, but tell started- me, tell me, what, what inspired you originally to want to be uh, yeah. fronting a rock band? Well, I was in California and it was West Coast and it was 60s and I was a young teenager. You can't beat that. But like what, are, what artists, for instance? I loved the Rolling Stones and uh, Santana sure. and Janis Joplin and Jefferson right. Airplane and yes. uh, Quicksilver I mean, Messenger Service. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, there were, were, I think there were pretty few role models for a female rock person. I mean, that's, you just kind of mentioned it. It was Janis Joplin and Grace Slick. And who else was there? Who was? That wasn't um, the reason why I wanted to sing. I just wanted to be in a rock band. I never, I've never been gendered. I never considered myself Good. a cheerleader. I was nice. very genderless in my head. Yes. Um, I listened to a lot of people. My parents brought me up on crooners, Frank Ifield and Frank Sinatra and uh, the Supremes. And um, when I was at home, I used to babysit my little brother. and my, We had a sitting room that didn't have any furniture in it, and it had a great acoustics in there. So they'd go off out in the evening, and I'd practice singing being Barbara Streisand or um, one of the others and and practicing my singing and that we had a a cemetery which I'd go and practice as well but unbeknown to me they could hear me which was Uh really bad thing but um, I hadn't joined a band in California at all that's amazing I'm glad we're both drinking coffee because that's so important you went back to, to London and that's how you met the band I came back solo to London and um, I was a bit of a wild child, I have to say. I think I freaked my family out a little bit. Really? And so uh, I was left on my own devices in London. In, and um, I got a, a job um, holding myself. But the only thing I had was this album, which I knew would get me. I just wanted to, I just wanted to sing. I, don't, I just wanted to sing. I'd never sung with a band before. And um, I thought my only way in would be, I had the Santana's third album. Um, with me and it tucked under my arm and round the corner where I started was in Carnaby Street 
believe it or not. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I went round and saw this record store and went in and, and was chatting away about music and everything. And I said, I've got the third album because it hadn't come out in England at all. Uh-huh. And um, so they listened. I said, look, I want to join a band. I'm, I really want to be a singer and blah, 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 blah. And it started off there. And there was a few instrumental people like Gasper Loyal, who was in um, the first album, he played Congas. He was very instrumental in uh, supporting me to get in. And I had a couple of other people where after work, I'd go to a, like a, a practice studio and the people would just let me go downstairs and practice with a mic. Nice. So um, that was really nice. And then after that, I built up enough confidence because I'm not, believe it or not, I'm not a very confident person. Um, Put me on front of a stage and that's it. Exactly, exactly. I have to say I've found that over the years with many artists that the minute you open the refrigerator door and shine the light on them, they are on. Uh, but but after that, it's they're very quiet people. No, I'm a happily reclusive person, really. So I started answering advertisements in the Melody Maker. Wow, nice. And I had some wonderful people because I worked, by that time I was working in Wimpole Street in London because I could type. I, um, <laughs> I worked for this wonderful company who, he went up churches to check the clocks and I'd have to type out what, how they were. So nice. um, anyway, they found out, well, I did, I, started, I did a few interviews on my own sort of thing. And I almost got in, the one before, which was then Shacklock, was a band called March Hare. And I nearly got the gig with them. By that time, I'd built up enough, a little bit of my confidence then to, to uh, you know, think, yeah, I think I can, you know, it's going to be okay. And I just had the drive and I just had the dream, you know, and the hunger. Yes. I think everyone yes. has to have that. So um, the next one was, I rang up, was the Shacklock thing. And Dave Hewitt answered the phone, who uh, was at, at Alan's house. And um, I said, yeah, he says, oh, I said, well, I'm, I'm five foot and I play congas. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so they, they, they um, came to my, my little, you know, flat in um, Finchley. Okay. And it was a Saturday and they all piled into this, in, you know, uh, bedsit sort of place. And Alan had got, I had my guitar there and Alan play and I would just sing along with it. I think he, they were just testing my ears and seeing how I would be sort of thing. Yes. But obviously that there's not, as you say, there wasn't many girl singers at all. You know, Very few. That. Yeah. And so um, they said, yeah, would you like to come down to um, Manchester Square? And I said, yeah, sure. So um, I went back to my, you know, where I was working and they were just wonderful. So yes, yes, you must go, you must go. And and they let me off early and I trotted on down to Manchester Square and there was 40 blokes there and me. Nice. I was kind of, I'm kind of, I'm a bit quirky. Although I've got a, a fashion degree, I tend to be very quirky in a dressing. I go in my, I, you know, I dance the beat of my own drum sort of thing. But now because I've had, a, I've got a degree in fashion, it doesn't matter. I can wear what I like because I'm, yes. you know, sure. I, I feel confident in it. So sure. Um, I did the, I did, I can remember that. I mean, they play things like the letter and you have to sing the letter and things mm-hmm. like that. And uh, I'd worn, I think it was a, 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 a bed jacket. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and started dancing around and going and, you know, and they liked, I guess, what I did. And it yes. was down to me and this sweaty singer from New York. Um, <laughs> 
who had an album and he was very sort of, oh, he was so sort of, he was there, you know, he was, the, he was, he was, he was, he was the rock, you know, and he had his, he had his album underneath his arm. Yeah, yeah. But he was also <laughs> male. Yeah, he was male. So they figured, um, yeah, I'm sure that they, they thought, I'm sure Alan and the boys must have thought it'll be better with a girl because then it's it it's a front person rather than you know just another one of the guys. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I mean, they. I mean, and I, the joke, the in joke of the band at the time was the fact that in the end they gave me the gig because um, at that time we had we were on such a paltry wage they were just <laughs> Yes. To, to to offer it to him, I was over the moon. So I was, and then within, I started rehearsing within a couple of weeks, literally. Right. Wow. Did you develop your particular stage style? Because I must say, I, I've seen a bunch of videos of various gigs that there are, on, you know, sitting there on the internet. And let's face it, your stage presence, your dancing, your whole sense of style. It was pretty much the only thing worth watching there. I mean, visually, <laughs> I mean, the music was great, but but yeah, well, from the from the audience point of view, that was a pretty happening thing. So, did you uh, conceptualize the dancing and the outfits, uh, or all of that yourself, or did you just did that happen immediately, or did it happen over time? What was the thing of that? Well, um, I come from a family of dancers, anyway. My mother was a great dancer. Um, I had been doing some ballet and I used to do a bit of tap at home and things like that. And I always loved dance. So yeah. that was that side of things. Yeah. So it, was, it came natural to me to hear the music. I just have to move, you know? Yeah. Um, the, <laughs> the cat suits came about, the boys were just plain naughty. <laughs> we went to this place in Carnaby Street that uh, was in one of the side streets. And they had those, well, the, the type of material that was the cat suits were made. So all the boys got their, their stuff. And uh, they said, Jen, what are you doing? I said, oh, no, I don't know. And I, then we, I don't know how it came about. I said, because I quite like the Avengers and all that sort of thing. Yeah. So uh, I thought, yeah. And then um, they went, yeah, yeah, Jen, yeah, you should do this. You should do that. And I said, yeah, yeah, okay. So then we got on and I said, well, I wanted to, do something a bit different. So I thought, well, why not put a hole in the middle? Exactly. And then do one arm rather than two arms. So that's how it started. So then I got one in red, one in white, and one in blue. So that's how the cat suits came about. And then the dresses, um, I you, I was into sort of like stuff from down um, King's Road at the time. In those days, I mean, obviously today, everybody's got their iPhone and they just, you know, they film all their gigs and they've every, every single, if they sing in the shower, they, they, uh, you know, they yeah. will video it. But in those days, as I remember, well, you know, it wasn't very easy, even if you did a fairly large gig to actually see a video of your own performance. Did you get a chance when you started and joined the band, did you get a chance to actually watch some film of you guys on stage to see what you were doing? No, I mean, we were pretty hard on each other, you know, after gig, sort of break it down, see how it all went, make sure, yeah. musically, you know, we were, were hard rehearsed. I would guess that with Alan around, you would be very well rehearsed. 
very well rehearsed. And also it was great for me because he introduced me to a classical singer friend of his. So I was able to get the thing about core training, you know, and the breathe. Well, breathing, I, I, I was okay with because I used to do a lot of underwater swimming in America. So I had wow. a good lungs. Now, yes. you know, so it was just actually breathing. Just I, it, was, it was a big learning curve, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, a huge yeah. Learning, an eighteen-year-old. Sure, and because your gigs—I mean, your typical gig with the band would would have been how long? An an hour. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, to sing at the kind of power level that you were singing for an hour, that's, you know, you got to you got to know what you're doing. Uh, I mean, I was under Dick Powell's father, who's a, a naturopath, and he used to monitor my voice and he gave me things to strengthen my voice. And I think my heart at the time as well. Wow. And he... Um, I've always been a very keen in natural healing anyway. Yeah. So he was an amazing man. Amazing man. And uh, he helped an awful lot, you know, as far as um, the stamina. I think the dancing helped, to be honest. Yes. When, when we became successful with the first album and we went to America um, and we had to increase our set and the energy levels, as you're talking about, I could lose five pounds in, a, in, in, in an hour and a bit for the amount of swap. You know perspiration and running around and mm. literally the coursing at the six pack that people will always talk about never went to the gym because you know it was just down to singing right because right. You, you know you sing it there's there's four modes of singing and the, and uh, i was always singing in overdrive or belting yes so um you know yeah no no that but that's really interesting i think to a lot of people who are thinking of getting into the profession of being a singer in a in a band and especially a rock band it, they don't really realize when they start most of them that it's a physical thing it's and it's not just getting up and going ape shit it's getting up and having practiced so that you can go ape shit I mean, I and also that i mean i always felt a real conscious responsibility um because being the front person yes um to make sure the music was delivered in a very positive manner and also that i was i always considered my voice as a part of the of the band and an instrument mm. so therefore i had to consider at all times the timings the thing watching everybody listening to when their um you know their solos were finished to make sure that i hit smack on the button that i wasn't late i wasn't you know yes uh, so that, um, uh, that you delivered it with excitement yes. and you delivered it with purpose. Yes. And um, it was my responsibility, I think, you know, to make sure that, you know, I built the energy either with my voice or with the dancing. Yes. So that's, I think that's how Babe Ruth really got, you know, the live thing. Because yes. I, I'm quite sensitive. And if I see, if I hear, if I hear how the music's going and I build it up or we build it up, then I'm there. You know, there's no room for me to think about anything else, only what I hear with the boys, you know. Absolutely. And, and make sure that I'm an integral part of it so that when I come in, that the le it's not just so much the note, but it's the level of the note and the intensity of the note and Absolutely. the appropriate note of the time, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I mean, you were thinking like a musician, dynamics, phrasing, timing, you know, <laughs> the whole thing. And, and that and that's great. And, and, and also, I mean... Babe Ruth 
I guess if you had to categorize it in a in a in a rock kind of way, you'd say it was kind of prog rock because the arrangements were quite complex at times. It oh, was incredible! That's arrangement I mean, his, his arrangements stunning. You know. Yeah, he's stunning. I mean, I just love the band. Each member brings something to the table. Yes. And I have a great respect for each member of, of the boys in the band. I had a great difficulty uh, when the band changed hands. I didn't like that. I, I, I was really unhappy. I was really happy, you know, when, it was, when, the, when we first started out. And Dick was so funny. And it was hard when he went. And, it got, and then it was hard, really hard for me when Dave punched left because he was my, he's my best mate in the band. Right. We're, all, we're quite, you know, we go off on sort of esoteric chats with each other about things. And right. musically, he's um, he's off the chat. And it's so lovely to have him back in. Ed's phenomenal and so lovely. But it was, I'm, I'm not what I'm, a, it's a family to me. Yes. Which brings me to the, the fact that the band has lasted so long and you're all still good mates. I mean, that's, that is quite unique. Uh, you know, to have a band where there there haven't been massive violent arguments and and also to there you know, have been massive violent arguments. Yeah, but I mean, but I mean, <laughs> they, they didn't seem to break up the band. And and I'm just you know what you're talking about really explains why it's lasted so long because of the mutual respect I think you all had for each other. And also, I guess it seems to me that if I were there at the time, that would be the band I would choose to go out and have a curry with. Oh, I mean, Babe Ruth on a night out is just hilarious. <clears throat> you know, you can't, I mean, between Alan's very, very funny and Ed is as well. And you just, you just, it's a nonstop comedy show, to be honest. And uh, the, the, it's because, yeah, we, uh, underneath it all, we are a family. We've gone, what, 50 plus years? That's right. And I'm, I know Alan's left the band, um, but he's always come back to do stuff. And, yes. Um, We've all gone done different things. Done. We've got. We all. Everyone has projects that we, yes, that, we, that we support and applaud. But we, you know, we. I think the fact that we respect each other for their individual projects without getting silly. You know. You know when we did the last cup, last album, Capasa, in the most in the most different way that we, we're used to doing. It was just great. You know, we were all so excited. We, we still get excited. I think maybe maybe because the roles are clarified in the band. I mean, I've done writing with Alan. Um, I've written songs for the band. Um, we are very good at, at taking someone's song, for example, Curtis Mayfield and Jesse Winchester, and making it our own. The art of arranging. Yes, indeed. And that goes down to both Alan and Dave Punch in front of it, because Dave Punch and Alan... Um, are very close musically together. So when they first started the thirds and everything with um, the runs that you hear in Mexican and also some of the, the runs in uh, uh, Black Dog, King Kong, for example, um, the, the arrangement on uh, the Runaways is Alan's and it's just so, so beautiful. And he engaged the... Um, writing abilities of what was then his girlfriend's brother, who was a very, very good uh, member of the band. And he just brought that lyrical quality in that was completely different, but the 
arrangement, the musical arrangement of it was so, is so beautiful. And then with um, Dave Punchin's arpeggios at the end, just. Fantastic. Yeah, it is. And they're just amazing. Um, well, I mean, I think you're, you, what you're talking about right now and the way you are talking about it explains exactly why the band has lasted so long. Because I think, you know, that's certainly what I've heard from Alan, you know, that, that how much he loved everybody in the band and how, how everybody was able to work together so well. And uh, I think that's a lesson for a lot of young musicians starting out to understand that. And I'm so glad that you're able to, to talk about that. It's important, Richard, and I think that the young people that are coming out now and, and they sh they're fabulous and I love all, I mean, I keep my finger on, the, I love the music that comes out and I love all the new stuff and the different way that they're doing it. It's just, you know, of course, it's not like it used to be. I mean, they can make whole music up in, the, in their bedrooms now, you know, just with an, you know, an iMac and, you know, a good set of speakers and a, a, and a microphone. Indeed. And, uh, a little way and knowing how to you know go around the the computer and create the sounds that way but i mean i mean the boys are a little bit old school and they they they're not they think it's not music unless you play it yourself you know huh? <laughs> which is fair enough and that's that's a, that's a fair comment well, and you know you do have to learn your craft it took, i mean i went back and i did more singing and then i taught singing for a while it, you do need you do need to know how to play. You do need to understand the fundamentals, even if you're not a reader of music. You, yes. If you're not, if if you have it in you, and you know that you know what sounds correct or what you know musically doesn't work there, but maybe if you tried this, that would work. Or yes, even though we all had our roles, we all were a band, so we had that's right. We had ours we had our moments yeah you know um you know especially i'm when i sing i'm very critical well i'm very critical of myself anyway but even when i'm singing i always want it to be just i'm not anal but i tend to go for feel right right time. and lyrics are really important to me sure of course um because i can't deliver anything with conviction um if the lyrics aren't right well, of course, you have to sing them, and <laughs> they actually mean something. But uh, but that's great, Jenny. I'm so glad you you've come to talk to us. And uh, thank you very much for having me. Yeah, um, yeah, thanks. That. That's great. So great to talk to you. Bye, bye, bye. Radio Richard is a unique collection of my interviews with fellow creators, revealing not only how they do that voodoo that they do so well, but why. So please, like, share, subscribe, and donate so I can keep this channel going and give you this great content. Radio Richard, be informed, be amazed, be inspired.